uh, we're in a series together as a group, and that series is titled The Teachings of Jesus. And our focus in this series is pretty simple. Uh, we're studying Jesus's life uh, and his ministry. So what he believed, uh, what he taught, how he lived, all the while seeking to find out who is this Jesus? Who is he? Uh, who is this one who claims to be the eternal son of God? And, and over the past two weeks, this Jesus has been teaching us how to pray, how to fellowship, how to converse, how to dwell in the presence of God. And as we noted last week, it was very simple. The first and most fundamental principle of Christian prayer is that we address God, the God of the heavens and the earth, as our dad, as our father. That's how we come to God in prayer. We don't pray to some fickle, unreliable, demanding Greek God, and we don't pray to a God who's detached and distant. Rather, we pray pray to our Father who is in heaven, who is absolutely committed to protecting you, blessing you, helping you, encouraging you, teaching you. Uh, and he happens to be the creator of the universe. He's a good dad. And now tonight, uh, Jesus is going to teach us uh, what faithful prayer looks like. He's going to continue to do that uh, as one of his disciples. So if you follow Jesus, these next few weeks, he's going to teach you, hey, this is how you talk to dad. This is how you pray to your father. Uh, so let's go ahead and read our passage, pray, and dig in. Uh, Jay, could you go ahead and read this for me? Sure. Pray then like this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Matthew 6, 9-13. Thank you. Let's pray. Father... Uh, we ask that you would grant us spiritual wisdom and discernment so that we might walk in a way worthy of you, fully pleasing to you, bearing fruit in every good work, increase our knowledge of you. Not knowledge like math, but knowledge like an intimate relationship where we're growing to know who is the lover and savior of our souls. And so, Father, I pray that this message would teach us to engage with you in prayer in a faithful way. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So again, as we mentioned last week, in verse 9, Jesus, if you look there with me, what he says is, he says, pray like this. That's how he opens this message on prayer. Pray like this. He didn't say, pray these exact words every time you pray. Uh, so what he's giving us is a, is a model, a guide to direct us in our prayers. Uh, it's not a formula. Uh, and after teaching us to address God as our Father, Jesus then moves on to make three interconnected petitions or requests to God. So look again at verse 9. Jesus says, pray then like this, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And as I already stated, these are three Request. There, there are three petitions. And so I want to start off just by clarifying the nature or the quality of a petition or request. And, and you guys know it's not that complicated. Uh, put simply, it's to ask for something. To make a petition is to ask for something. So we make petitions all the time. Uh, for example, the other morning I petitioned, I asked my wife to brew some fresh, delicious uh, coffee in our French press. And yes, for those of you who are curious, I drink my coffee black. You know why? Because Jesus did. And it's that whole discipleship thing, uh, for real. 
Uh, or every night before we lay Levi down, we go in his room and we both like are going to get our hugs and kisses. We both petition. Can I have a kiss? Can I have a hug from Levi? Uh, and again, so it's not that complicated. One in, but, but one insight about request and petitions that is important to note is that when you make a request, when you make a petition, it's because you want something. I asked for coffee. I petitioned for kisses and hugs because I desired them. I wanted them. I wanted to experience the greatness of caffeine. Uh, I, I desired to enjoy the sweet affection of my little boy. And so understand, behind every petition, behind every request is desire, a desire. And so hence, when Jesus petitions his father in heaven saying, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done. It's because that's what Jesus wanted. In fact, uh, that's what Jesus longed for more than anything. And that's why he makes these three petitions before he even makes one request about his own life. Those don't come until verses 11 and through 13. So this then shows us that the greatest desire of Jesus's heart was not personal gain for himself. Not good health, not happy days, not safe travels, not money or food, but God's name, God's kingdom, God's will. And so as we contemplate, we're going to unpack each of these petitions over the next few weeks. I want us to keep this question in our mind. Is this, is what Jesus praying for what I desire most? Do I want God's name? Do I want God's kingdom? Do I want God's will? And if not, what do I desire? What do I want in life? What's the good life for me? What am I chasing? Now, with that groundwork set, uh, tonight we're going to focus on that first petition. It comes in verse 9. Look there with me again. Jesus says, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. And that word hallowed, it's not related to Halloween. Uh, It has nothing to do with Halloween, but it actually means to treat something or someone as sacred or special. And, And what's really important for us to know about this word in particular is that it's the verbal form, the verbal form of the word holy. Uh, To make this connection a little bit more obvious for us, we could translate Jesus's first petition like this. Our Father in heaven, let your name be treated as holy, be kept as holy, be kept as sacred. Um, I have a friend. uh, He lives in Colorado and he has a gun obsession, which really works out for me. Uh, He owns over 50 different weapons and he even makes his own ammo. So let me tell you, he's ready. He's ready for the apocalypse. He's ready to go. Uh, and when my wife and I, we went out to visit him a few years ago, he promised to take us to the gun range and to shoot all these like uh, revolvers, these cool revolvers that were like uh, competition shooting revolvers and rifles and Glocks and, you know, the AR, just some good fun. Um, and I was super excited because I had never been to a gun range before. And I've seen guns uh, uh, and stuff like that, but I'd never been to a gun range. And so uh, honestly, when I walked in for the first time, I was like, oh. That's a little intimidating. Uh, I mean, when you're walking into room after room and there's like row after row of men and women firing deadly weapons, bang, 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 just everywhere around you, just so much gunfire really close. It's just like, okay, I had a little chills, but you know, I acted like, you know, let's go shoot some guns. You know, I act like nothing, nothing fazed me. And, and as a good instructor, uh, uh, because before we began shooting, my friend, he gave us a crash course in gun safety. He taught us three rules, and you probably, some of you know about these. Always keep the gun pointed in a safe direction. That is, don't point it at anything you don't plan to shoot. Uh, always keep your finger off the trigger until you're ready to shoot, and always keep the gun unloaded until you're ready to use it. And I'm telling you, I was like, 
anxious to keep these rules. I was focused on never pointing that gun at anything. I didn't plan to shoot because I knew that a simple mistake could lead to a dead wife. You know, I didn't want my wife to die or myself or my friend. And so in other words, I didn't treat the guns with flippancy. I didn't treat the guns with disregard. I had great respect for their power. I knew that it could burn a hole through someone's body at the pull of a trigger. And, and this type of, of deep reverence, this type of respect, this kind of like awareness and sense for the power of a gun uh, kind of gets at the experience of what it means to hollowed something, uh, what it means to treat something as holy. It's kind of like that sense, if you would imagine maneuvering around the edge of something really high, maybe like the edge of a cliff at uh, Grand Canyon, or it's standing near the edge of Niagara Falls and looking over and you're just highly aware if I just make the wrong move, I'm swallowed alive. Uh, it's this sense that this power, there's something before me that is way bigger, stronger, mightier than me and it can take me. Uh, but in Jesus's prayer, uh, we're talking about something, matter of fact, someone uh, who is much more powerful than a gun, than a rifle or Niagara Falls. Look back at verse 19. Jesus prays, hallowed be your name. And, and name here, it doesn't just refer to letters like G-O-D on a piece of paper. No, in this context, name represents one's whole character, their reputation, all that someone is and, and has done, what they stand for, who they are, their reputation. And so when we're talking about God's name, we're talking about God's character, God's reputation. And so, so my question is, what's on his resume? What's on God's resume? What's his reputation? What's his name about? What has he done? Well, for one, he created this, this ball of burning gas called the sun. It's almost a million miles in diameter, and that means you could line up about 100 Earths across the, the face of the sun. And it produces, get this, over 4 million tons of energy, energy every second. So every second, the sun exists, 4 million tons of energy just exude from the sun. God did that. God made that. Uh, we're talking about the God who spoke galaxies into existence with a word. Uh, the one who gave our brains 86 billion neurons so we can invent iPhones and rocket ships and airplanes. Uh, he's the God who orders all of human history. All of human history. Kings, queens, presidents, everything has come, back, come to pass. God is directing and sovereignly ruling. He's the God who stands outside of time. He's not in time. He's always existed. He's always existed. He has no beginning and no end. He's the alpha and the omega. He's the God. He created spiritual realms and then he filled them with glorious otherworldly angelic beings. Uh, he's the God who promises to come back to judge the living and the dead to restore the world and fully remove suffering and tears and hardship and sickness and disease and establish a kingdom forever. And, and this one, in all of his might, in all of his power, is still mindful and concerned about you. He's still concerned about you. Students, God's name, his reputation, his character, his works, they're awesome, they're wonderful, and, and they're quite terrifying. 
So then to, to, to hollow God's name is to treat him as he is. It's not it's to live in light of his reputation, to live as if he told the sun rise today, son, and, and, and set as if he's the one who put mountains in their place and put oceans in their place, as if he is the creator to treat him as he is, not like an afterthought, not like some accessory to your life, like a scarf. It's, it's, it's to not disregard his commands and teachings. Put simply, to hallowed God's name, it's to bow. It's to get on your knees and worship him in full surrender as your divine and supreme creator, the God overall. So that in the same way you'd walk carefully near that edge of Niagara Falls, or you would be very careful not to point a gun at someone, we also walk carefully before our God, always seeking to honor him in all that we do. So just like at that gun range, that power of a gun, it provoked caution and attentiveness within me. How much more should God's name for us all? While a bullet can kill my physical body, God has dominion over the destiny of our souls. And so Jesus, he opens his prayer with that singular request saying, Father, hallowed be your name. That is, I want the world, I want everybody in this room and beyond to treat you as holy as the creator. I want them to worship you and follow you and honor you. That's what I long for. That's the first request in Jesus's prayer. I want your name to be treated as holy. But some of you, you might say, but Pastor Robert, <laughs> that's the problem. Uh, I don't really care about God's name being holy. I don't really desire that. I don't really want to make that request. I, des I don't desire God. I, de I desire movies and video games and good grades and a well-paying career and a, and a boyfriend or a girlfriend would sure be nice. But God, I mean, he's so invisible. <laughs> and distant and unreal to me. I just want to win my next soccer game. Really? I mean, that's what I really want, God. And, and to those with that response, I would say, dear friend, all you truly want is God. That's all you truly want. I know you don't know it, but you felt it. Uh, it, it shows up in these kind of deep longings, these deep longings and cravings you have. Like, like it's that desire within you, like you want your life to matter. You do. Like in your heart, you want to do and be a part of something great and meaningful and significant, bigger than yourself. Like you have this desire. It's this sense that uh, you have when you just weren't made to suffer. You weren't made for depression and anxiety and stress. Uh, you weren't made for fights and trauma and broken relationships. You weren't designed to cut yourself or sleep around or hide who you truly are from people and everyone. You, my dear brothers and sisters, you were made for God. Uh, you were wired and knitted in your mother's womb, every detail about you to experience God's unending glories. Listen, you were made to sing, to sing at the top of your lungs in the presence of angels and billions and billions of your brothers and sisters all around you so loud that the earth trembles. Like it genuinely shakes because billions and billions are screaming, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty and his name will reign forever. That's what you were created for. You weren't created for video games. 
and sleeping around or popularity. You were created for God's name. That's the cry of your heart and your soul. And I'm telling you, we are experts at suppressing it. We want to push it down, this longing for the transcendent. And we'll do it with the cheap thrills and trivial laughs of YouTube, TikTok, and Netflix. We will watch our life away. Uh, we'll cope with this need for the eternal with video games and sports and romance and good grades. We'll fix our thoughts and emotions on the temporary as a way to deal with this ever-present craving for more for better, for longer, for truer, for greater, for God. And that's why I love the, the famous author, G.K. Chesterton. He once wrote, every man who knocks on the door of a brothel, that's a place where prostitutes are, are saying to get hired. Every man who knocks on the door of a brothel is looking for God. So when we go to sin, at the end of the day, we want something better and truer and we want God. And so while we may come to prayer, we might not be consciously desiring to worship God's name. You might not have that in your soul. Like, I just want to pray, hallowed be your name, God. Truly, that's what you want. You want him and you want his glory. And so when we pray with Jesus, Father, hallowed be your name. Hallowed be your name. We're asking God to show us your glory Show us that everything is true. In fact, come back. <laughs> come back now. Show the world. I know they mock you and deride you and they laugh at you. Where is your God, the world says to us. And we pray, come back now. Come, Lord Jesus, come. We're asking him to break into this world and prove to all the greatness of his name. And that's Jesus' first petition. He, he says, talk to your God, talk to your God, he's your dad, and pray for his name to come and to be honored and held in esteem by all. And so my encouragement to you all this week is to pray that prayer every day. Petition God, request from God to show you the beauty and power and goodness of his name. Help him, ask him for the spirit to empower you to grasp all he is for you and to help you overcome and convict you in the ways that you're constantly chasing after lesser things when you were made for more. Let's pray. Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. <laughs> oh Lord, I want your name to be glorified and honored by these students. I want you to be glorified and honored by me. And so, Lord, I pray that you would uh, give us a true understanding of our existence, why we're here, what we're made for, and, and who you are, and what you've done. And so, Father, I pray that you would draw students now, even to yourself, by the power of the Holy Spirit, make them have an insatiable appetite for you. Oh, Lord, please just burden them. I pray that these temporary pleasures would just become so pale and dim. I pray they'd be so dissatisfied until they reach you, until they know you and have you forever. We praise in Jesus' name. Amen.